welcome to The Daily Bite. I'm your host, Pastor Steve Andrews. Let's look at Acts chapter 24. After five days, the high priest Ananias came down with some elders and a spokesman, one Tertullus. They laid before the governor their case against Paul, and when he had been summoned, Tertullus began to accuse him, saying, Since through you we enjoy much peace, and since by your foresight, most excellent Felix, reforms are being made for this nation, in every way and everywhere we accept this with all gratitude. But to detain you no further, I beg you in your kindness to hear us briefly. For we have found this man a plague, one who stirs up riots among all the Jews throughout the world and is a ringleader of the sect of the Nazarenes. He even tried to profane the temple, but we seized him. By examining him yourself, you will be able to find out from him about everything of which we accuse him. The Jews also joined in the charge, affirming that all these things were so. And when the governor had nodded to him to speak, Paul replied, Knowing that for many years you have been a judge over this nation, I cheerfully make my defense. You can verify that it is not more than twelve days since I went up to worship in Jerusalem, and they did not find me disputing with anyone or stirring up a crowd, either in the temple or in the synagogues or in the city. Neither can they prove to you what they now bring up against me. But this I confess to you that according to the way which they call a sect, I worship the God of our fathers, believing everything laid down by the law and written in the prophets, having a hope in God, which these men themselves accept, that there will be a resurrection of both the just and the unjust. So I always take pains to have a clear conscience toward both God and man. Now after several years I came to bring alms to my nation and to present offerings. While I was doing this, they found me purified in the temple without any crowd or tumult. But some Jews from Asia, they ought to be here before you and to make an accusation should they have anything against me. Or else, let these men themselves say what wrongdoing they found when I stood before the council, other than this one thing that I cried out while I was standing among them. It is with respect to the resurrection of the dead that I am on trial before you this day. But Felix, having a rather accurate knowledge of the way, put them off, saying, When Lysias the tribune comes down, I will decide your case. Then he gave orders to the centurion that he should be kept in custody, but have some liberty, and that none of his friends should be prevented from attending to his needs. After some days, Felix came with his wife Drusilla, who was Jewish, and he sent for Paul and heard him speak about faith in Christ Jesus. And as he reasoned about righteousness and self-control in the coming judgment, Felix was alarmed and said, Go away for the present. When I get an opportunity, I will summon you. At the same time, he hoped that money would be given him by Paul. So he sent for him often and conversed with him. When two years had elapsed, Felix was succeeded by Portius Festus, and desiring to do the Jews a favor, Felix left Paul in prison. This is the word of the Lord. So our text has moved five days uh, for this trial. Before the governor Felix, Ananias has come, the high priest, and he's brought some elders, and he's also brought a spokesman with him that can make the case against Paul. Now, when the case begins in verse 2, there's a whole bunch of flattery. See if your kids can find examples in the text of how, basically how Tertullus and the Jews are trying to butter up the governor, make him make him favorable to them by all their compliments. 
There's lots of them here, right? Through you we've enjoyed much peace. There's one that Felix has foresight, too. Most excellent, three. Reforms being made by Felix for this nation, four. That in every way and everywhere we accept this with gratitude would be five. To detain him no further, admitting that he's got better things to do, six. I beg you, humility, seven. In your kindness, eight. To hear us briefly, again, that's like to detain no further from before. So at least eight flatteries um, that are spoken there, very high, buttery language um, spoken by the Jews. And quite honestly, it's a sham. They're about ten years away from, from the Romans destroying them because of their revolts and rebellions against Rome. They don't care for Roman rule, so... Most likely this is not truthful. There's a chance that it is. I can't say that for certainty, because I don't know every moment of Jewish history. It's possible that they had a brief season where they were okay with, with Felix, but it's hard to say. Now, they then bring their accusation. So what are the accusations? Paul's a plague. He stirs up riots among the Jews and throughout the world. He's a ringleader of a sect. He profanes the temple. So four of them. Now, you could ask your kids the question there, which of those accusations would Rome actually care about? And it's only one. That, that Rome would care that this man stirs up riots. That's an accusation that would matter to them. Again, a, a, a good governor is supposed to care for the people in his his land, he's supposed to help keep order, and riots are the opposite of that. They cause violence and harm and destruction and even death. Um, they, they are not helpful in keeping order. So that would be the thing Felix would be most concerned about. And Paul's going to address that as, as Felix gives him the opportunity. There's very little flattery, but there is one uh, from Paul in his response, as he simply notes that Felix has essentially been a good, faithful judge for a number of years. At this point, um, because we know Felix was governor of Judea from 52 to 60, and we're told that it's about two years um, that Paul is imprisoned by Felix uh, before he's succeeded by Portius Festus, that tells us this is probably 58 by now. So roughly six years Felix has been in this position. So Paul makes his defense, and he says, You can verify with witnesses more than 12 days not more than 12 days, sorry, that he went up to worship in Jerusalem, and that all of this is false. They did not find him disputing. They did not find him stirring up the crowds. They did not. They can't prove anything that they've said, except one thing Paul confesses here, verse 14, that he's a member of the way, that he worships the God of their fathers by the law and the prophets of the Old Testament, and that he has hope in a resurrection. He mentions the resurrection to Felix twice, there in 14, 15, and then again right at the end of his speech in verse 21. He admits that he came to the temple to bring alms, so charitable giving, and also to present offerings before God, and that they found him in the temple purified, so in keeping with their laws, not that that would matter to the Romans anyway. And then the Jews from Asia, who ought to be here, Paul says, they're the ones that are really responsible for all of this happening, the ones that have chased him after his missionary journeys. 
Verse 21, he does confess a second thing here. Other than this one thing that I cried out. So he knows that five days before he did create a bit of a scene um, in the, among the Jewish council uh, by speaking again of the resurrection of the dead. So mentions that twice. Felix, in verse 22, we learn, actually knows about the way. We do not hear that he believes it, but he knows about it. He's familiar with the teachings of the apostles. He orders that Paul be put in custody for a time, although he has a little liberty, so it's sort of a house arrest kind of thing, that his friends can come and care for him. Felix's own wife is a Jew, Drusilla. And so Felix would send for Paul so that he could hear more about this faith in Jesus. But the more he hears of the faith, he's alarmed. He's startled by it, and so he asks for time to think. Uh, and he, we learn in verse 26, was hoping he'd get bribed, essentially bribed by Paul to be released, to be let go. But he would send for him often and converse with him. Again, hoping for the bribe but it doesn't come. Now, a question here that you might be able to ask your kids, can you recall another situation in the scriptures similar to this, where a Christian was imprisoned on account of his faith, and the ruler that kept him in prison would often send for him and listen to him preach? That's the case of John the Baptist before Herod, before Herod executed him. Herod was listening, which is why his his wife Herodias was so concerned and wanted John dead. She was afraid Herod would repent. And, uh, well, what would he repent of? Taking her falsely as his wife. She was his brother's wife and he should not have had, had her. Because his brother was still alive. If he divorced her and sent her away, she would lose her authority, her power. And so she wanted to keep that. And she wanted Herod, she wanted Herod to kill John which eventually she gets her way. So you see that situation with Herod and with Felix, kind of similar, that they were willing to hear the gospel uh, and, and consider it. Although we do not know, and it's unlikely that either of them ended up coming to faith. So for two years, again, helping us picture the timing here, um, Felix kept him in prison and continuing to keep him in prison even when he left office, so that the Jews would be favorable toward him. Portius Festus is the one who takes over, and we'll see more of that tomorrow. Uh -huh.